I believe today we're in a transactional society. Look at Amazon. You click your purchase, you click your purchase. But when was the last time you ever phoned Amazon to get that suggestion on the next toilet roll you should pick? I don't even know if there's a phone number for Amazon. There's not a phone number. <laughs> right. So you have no, and I, I hate to break it to you, as convenient as Amazon is, major culprit, major client of Amazon, love Amazon for what they do because I don't want to have a relationship. I want to have a transaction. I want to order it today and it arrives 24 hours later. But you have no relationship. And if you take the relationship out of uh, any kind of uh, um, conversation, then you become the transaction. And when you become a transaction, oh. Amazon is just waiting to build up the algorithm and the program to take your business. So with me, I, I'm very combative, you know, in case you haven't picked up on that yet. Someone says to me, hey, Steve, I want that. And I go, that is brilliant. You know, John, Billy, Susan, that's fantastic. That sounds awesome. Well, let me ask you a question. Why? And I get to the why of why they want it. Why are you trying to get this? Why are we trying to do it now? Why is it important for you to do? I want to get to that because once I've got those kind of ingredients, I can ignore what they asked me for and give them what they need, lust, and desire for. Mm. Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. We got them back. But before I tell you about it, uh, real quick, if you're not getting my daily dose delivered to your inbox at 6 a.m. every morning, the daily dose mental toughness tips in 30 seconds or less, that, then that's an absolute outrage. And we need to correct that by going to ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists, L-I-S-T-S, ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists, because then you can also get all my blogs that come out on Tuesdays and then episodes, new episodes of Tough Talks, the podcast, every other Thursday. So ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists. Steve Sims. Yeah, you heard it. We got him back for round two. As he pledged, he's a man of his word. He pledged it 51 seconds into our first episode, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, I'm going to recommend you watch that one first. You don't have to, but it's a recommendation because it, 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 I think it would be helpful, actually. Uh, it's about 42 minutes long, and it's so amazing, right? So find that episode. And uh, that episode actually went live on May 27th of uh, 2021. Yeah, so if that's helpful, I'm finding it. But uh, Steve Sims, episode one. Now, we've gone for number two because 51 seconds into episode number one, he pledged to do a second one, which is pretty great. I'm like, all right, well, we got you back. Now, if you, if you don't know who this guy is, he's, he goes by a lot of titles, right? He's, uh, he's, what he is, is he's a freaking anomaly. And I wish he wasn't. And why I say he's an anomaly is because he has transcended uh, so much of the learned limitation that we're that we're all conditioned to have learned doubt right learned limitation he thinks in ways that he calls stupid but they're they're he's like that he says the opposite of what 
is really accurate. <laughs> it is accurate because it is. He thinks stupid. He he thinks. He, well, I mean, what does he say? He says, "Don't go for reasonable or achievable. Go for stupid." And I want to unpack that thinking with him today. Right? He's got some. He's got an unbelievable stories. Un incredible book, Blue Fishing. As you can tell, I've annotated it because I study it. This is seriously, it's so good. So uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it with him today on the thinking. Right? So he's going to. He's probably going to. Well, I'm going to ask him to tell the story, at least one phenomenal story of something he created. But I'm most interested in, like, I don't want anybody. Don't glamorize any of this. That's like huge. Don't glamorize it. All right. We're paying attention to the the brilliant simple of courseness of his thinking, which is like, if, if we want something, of course it's available. That's the thinking. That's why we have him back today. Let's go get it. All right, Mr. Sims, Mr. Bluefisher, where are you, buddy? Well, here he is, folks. Steve Sims back for part due as promised. What's up, man? Ah, uh, loads of good things. Good, good. That's like what's what I like to hear. So yeah, last time uh, when when we visited our first conversation, you know, I, I opened with the fact that I had a, I had a real problem, and I asked if I could share it with you, and you were very gracious, and you said please do, and I told you I had too much shit to cover with you, and you instantly, fifty one seconds into the damn interview, promised part two, and here you are keeping your word. So thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Shouldn't everyone do that? I believe so. Well, there you go then. <laughs> So, so uh, I want to open by getting the audience into the right listening, okay? Because hopefully what we can get to is this over here, is to, to talk about something that is really phenomenally interesting and almost perhaps totally paradoxical with respect to human peak performance, right? But we'll, 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 we'll get to that maybe. <laughs> I would love to open with my favorite story of yours. I know you've told the story a million times and you told it in part one, but I don't give a shit because it's too damn good. The story of dinner at David. Oh, that little thing. Yeah, that little, you know, it's kind of boring, but whatever. Try to try to spruce it up if you would. <laughs> how, do, how do you spruce that up? I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> so I have always had a mindset of go for stupid. Don't go for what you can achieve. Don't go for the impossible, because if you say the word impossible, subconsciously, you're already recognizing that it can't be done. You're giving yourself a get out of jail card there. Mm -hmm. Well, what did you expect? I said it was impossible. That kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, I've always gone for stupid. So when someone asks me for something, I never give it to them. I give them what they need, lust, and desire for, which is usually what you've got to unearth in the conversation. And I had a client of mine contact me and he said, hey, I'm going to Florence. I'm having uh, I'm with the uh, uh, future, uh, future wife. I'm going to meet the mother-in-law and father-in-law. I need to expose how powerful I am. Make me look good. Give me a dining, keyword, experience. Now, if he hadn't have had the word experience, I could have got him a great table, maybe the chef's table in the kitchen, maybe got the chef to come over and hang out. I could have done that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But it was the experience that he, that he came up with. And I went, all right, okay. How can I take his request, simsitize the thing, and go stupid? And so <laughs> I allowed myself permission 
to dream without ridicule or parameters. Mm -hmm. Okay. And both of those things are what we do in our asset. How many times do we go, well, I'd like to do this, but what would the neighbors say? You know, oh, what, would, what would my buddies say? Oh my God, they'd laugh at me. Gives a shit. Go for things out of parameter and out of ridicule and just to see what's out there. So that's what I did. Yeah. If you're going to have an Italian meal in uh, Florence, how could it be stupefied? How could it be as ridiculous as possible? So I thought to myself, if you're in Paris, where would you have dinner that was quintessentially Parisian? Where would you be able to take a selfie and people go, well, you're in Paris? Eiffel Tower, you know? It's got to be the backdrop. If you're in New York, Statue of Liberty, you know? If you're in a restaurant, well, that decor could be London, Frankfurt, Tokyo. It could be anywhere. So where can I be situated that it would be unquestionably Florence? All right. Well, there's this, there's this statue called David, the most iconic statue in the planet, more famous worldwide than the Statue of Liberty and probably even than uh, Eiffel Tower. I wonder if I could take over the museum and set up a table at the feet of Michelangelo's David. Yeah, let's go for that. Now, here's the dumb thing. When you go for stupid and you go for enough, there's an uncommon statistic that says that the more times you try to go for something, you're going to get it, mm. you know? Mm. I didn't have the expectation that I would get it, but I had the passion. I had the goal. I had the aim. And here's something I do that a lot of people don't do. I went for it, you know? Shocking surprise. I got it. It was a surprise to me. Okay. But I got it. And then what happened was I was like, well, okay, I've got it. And then I do what all entrepreneurs do once they've got something. How can I tinker with this? Mm. How can I make this better? Mm. You know, literally I went down on the Monday, the dinner was supposed to be on the Wednesday. So I only had three days, you know, to pull this off. And on by 11 o'clock on the Monday morning, I had my location. And now my head's thinking in the afternoon in the afternoon. All right, I got this. I own this. How can I make it better? Can I time you out just for a second? Because I think there's some more that's uh, really important in the story is like the how did you get it? Right? All right. So let's speed through. Um, I managed to get or I decided that I needed some entertainment. I managed to get Andrea Bocelli to agree to be the dinner time entertainer. So come Wednesday night, they had a meal at the feet of Michelangelo's David and had Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him while they ate the pasta, okay? So that was great. It came off. It was brilliant. But you want to know how I did this. You just spoiled it, man. Like, you, I love the way you're... Oh, okay, so we'll just speed through. Oh, yeah, I got Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> right, they didn't ask for that. They didn't ask for any entertainment. They no, didn't they even didn't. ask for the damn statue of David. No. <clears throat> right? So you're, you're not, this is an example of you not giving a client what they asked for. Yeah. Right. I believe today we're in a transactional society. Look at Amazon. You click your purchase, you click your purchase. But when was the last time you ever phoned Amazon to get that suggestion on the next toilet roll you should pick? I don't even know if there's a phone number for Amazon. There's not a phone number. <laughs> right. So you have no, and I, I hate to break it to you, as convenient 
as Amazon is, major culprit, major client of Amazon, love Amazon for what they do because I don't want to have a relationship. I want to have a transaction. I want to order it today and it arrives 24 hours later. But you have no relationship. And if you take the relationship out of uh, any kind of uh, um, conversation, then you become the transaction. And when you become a transaction, Amazon is just waiting to build up the algorithm and the program to take your business. So with me, I'm very combative, you know, in case you haven't picked up on that yet. Someone says to me, hey, Steve, I want that. And I go, that is brilliant. You know, John, Billy, Susan, that's fantastic. That sounds awesome. Let me ask you a question. Why? And I get to the why of why they want it. Why are you trying to get this? Why are we trying to do it now? Why is it important for you to do? I want to get to that because once I've got those kind of ingredients, I can ignore what they asked me for and give them what they need, lust, and desire for. Mm. You know, and they're two different lanes. Totally. And your job is to go into the second lane because that's where the loyalty is. Loyalty is when people commit to you because they know, hey, this person gets it done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if I'm going to do something, that's where I'm going. If you think you've got loyalty with a shopping card, no, they're buying your loyalty by giving you points, which is bribery. It's not a loyalty program. It's a bribery program. If I opened up a company tomorrow called Bing Bong and it did everything that Amazon did but was 20 cents mm. cheaper, who do you think is going to be getting the business? Mm. You know, people go for price. When there's not a relationship, they go for a transaction. Okay. And that transaction quite often is convenience. Amazon leads in convenience. But if I can steal the convenience and now undercut the prices, I bought your loyalty until mm. the next person does it to me. Mm. Yeah. So the, the, the thinking, so this is what I'm really, I'm at, I've decided already that I'm using our interview series as training content for my clients. Good. And it's because of the thinking. This is what I want them to get the thinking. Okay. Last time I called you servant, you shrugged it off, but you serve people unbelievably. You're very humble. Okay. I like the language that you use. You know, you say, oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm just ignorant. And I love that because what you were, you're actually saying when you say that, you said your wife told you you have the gift of ignorance or something. Yes. Like that. And, but what you're, what she means, and I love that. I think what she means, you correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're ignorant to learned limitation. Correct. Yeah. Right. You're ignorant to the, to the, the suggestion that something that you want is not in fact available to you. Correct. I can't see it. Right. Yeah. And therefore how could it be available? So you operate from the assumption that if I want it, well, of course it's available. Right. So that's the thinking. That's the, like the amazing unbridled, like on preconditioned uh, prior to being educated about your limitations, abundant goddamn thinking that I'm interested in. Now, you also combine that, though, with real true service because you go for win, win, wins, right? So how did you get the academy to say fucking yes to having to closing down and having dinner at the right. of David? All right. So the trick answer to that question is I didn't. 
Okay. All right. The answer is I got them say to I got them to say yes to something else. Ah, oh, but the price was cost was allowing me to have what I wanted. So here's the thing: Good. I went to the, I, I I put a meme up on my Instagram post in a little while ago saying that I have never had a relationship by accident. Okay. I move with purpose. I'm 55 years old now. And unless it moves the needle, I don't do it. Okay. So I went to the Academia de Galleria. And before I went to them, I knew, I knew what I wanted. And we can play a silly game here. If I phone you up at eight o'clock at night, before you picked up that phone, even if you see on the phone that it's your mom, it's your best friend, it's Steve Sims, you know they want something. Even if it's just a natter. You know that if someone steps out and calls you, they want something. Mm. So understand every relationship you approach, every person you approach before it becomes a relationship can be guaranteed confident that you want something. Okay. So when I contacted the Academia de Galleria, it's obvious that they're going to go, well, this guy, Steve Sims, is contacting us. Why? Why is he contacting us? He obviously wants something. So what does he want? So what you do is you turn that upside down, okay? So what I did was I did a bit of research. Didn't take too long because we all have these bloody things called smartphones. And I found out that the Academia de Galleria later on that year was having a gala. It was still just being talked about. There was no date to be set. No details were finalized, but there would be a gala later on in this year to raise money for a roof repair. Right. Now, bear in mind, the Academia de Galleria website is in Italian, but if you push the Google button, it translates that shit. So <laughs> none of this stuff is hard. Yeah, right. But I right. know oh, later on... Right, right. Note that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, none of this... You just... I, sorry to interrupt, but that's a slowdown moment. That's, that's it. All right. Okay. All right. We'll get back to that. None of this right. stuff is and you hard. You should. Good. So... I actually translated it by pushing a button on there on my smartphone, discovered that they had a pain point. Ah, yes, yes. All right. Everybody has a pain point. Hey, if you're doing a podcast, would you like me to treble your distribution? If you're releasing a book, would you like me to get it into more hands so they can read it? If you're releasing a concert, would you like more people to know you're doing it? If you're launching a new uh, a software service on accounting, would you like to meet people that have that problem? Yeah, yeah. everyone has a pain point, mm. okay? So I realized that pain point was they were gonna have to do a gala to raise money to, to repair that roof. So when I contacted them, my conversation went along the lines of this. Thank you for taking the call. Before we get into what the reason I called you, I have heard that you have a gala at the end of this year to raise money for your, for your roof. You know, what's going on with your roof? Please tell me about that problem. Well, we haven't had it prepared for so many years and now it's getting an issue. And as you know, we house billions of dollars worth of art. We need to protect this. Having a roof over a museum is not like having a roof over a house. It's got to be insulated. It's got to be fireproof. It's got to be checked. It's got to be impenetrable to people breaking in. Oh, it's oh, a different oh. concept and it comes with a much bigger price tag. How much do you need to raise? I forget the amount of money they needed to raise, but I knew the budget I was working with. So I said, how would you like 
before you even go as far as designing a flyer to have hit a quarter of the budget you require for the event? Would that be of interest and benefit to you? <laughs> just wondering. Hey, yeah, just, you know, just curious, you know, just throwing it out there. And of course, you know what, the, if, if I can solve your problem, I'm going to get a yes. If you're fat, hey, how would you feel if I could make you thin within 24 hours? Would that be of interest to you? Oh, right. oh hell yeah. Right. If you can turn up as a solution to someone's problem, then it's always going to be a yes. Okay? If you're trying to sell someone something, then there's a liability of a yes or a no, depending on your salesman skills. But if I can solve your problem, I'm always at a yes. The trick is to understand what the problem is first that you're there to be the solution of. I can't repair a roof. I can't speak Italian. I don't know anyone in the, in the tiling business. But I can bring you the cash. You know? So I turned up as a solution. Then it was a case of once I got them going, well, well, well of course, Mr. Sims, you know, that would be fantastic. What do we need to do, Mr. Sims, to help you do that? That was the question I got. Right. Well, it's funny you should ask. What can we do that. for you? <laughs> you know, so the bottom line of it is I turned up by doing a little bit of Googling. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind, I had been asked to do this uh, dinner on the Friday night. Sorry, on the Wednesday night. I was in Rome on the Sunday. I was on a train on the way down to Florence on the Monday to make it happen for the Wednesday. And I did all of this on the train. I did all of my Googling. I did all of my researching on the wow. two-hour uh, train ride down to Florence. Oh. I picked out 10 locations that would be stupid, you know, with the number one being the Academia de Galleria because it's the only place that houses Michelangelo's David. And if you know, you know. Um, no, and know. so I already had that as the number one thing. And if they said no to me, I'd have gone down for the second one. When I landed in Florence, I made my first phone call after trying to discover the pain points on all of the other projects. Starting with stupid. Start with stupid. Do like not that. limit your uh, goals because no one limits their dreams. But we wake up and then we go, hey, I'd love to do this, but yeah. I can't. I don't know how to do that. They wouldn't want me. I'd get turned down. I'm always amazed that people will spend two seconds telling you what their ultimate dream is and then spend t the next 10 minutes telling you why it could never happen. <laughs> I'm totally screenshotting that moment. That's going to be our highlight. <laughs> That's so great. So good. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, you're, so, you, got, so you got it all. Well, you got it. You got them to agree because you yep. found their pain point. You did homework. You, it only took you two hours. We're going to get back to the comment that you made, which is none of this stuff is hard. None of, none it of this stuff is hard. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, all right. But then like, so you have the dinner. It ain't over. Now you're stupefying your, it more. Yeah. You know, we get bored. We're entrepreneurs. You know, you, you must look, that was too easy. Damn it. Well, it was done. All right. So now, and now how I'm are we, in I was literally in Florence having a pizza in the Palazzo de Vecchio. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I've got two and a half days in Florence now, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I've got to be able to do What can I do? And it was literally they had a, um, a string quartet in the square. And it's the main square 
of uh, Florence and they had a string quartet. And I went, well, a museum is deadly quiet, you know, and there's all the marble around, there's all that reverb. Um, you know, you're going to drop, you're, you're going to hear people using their knife and fork, you know, I've got to get some entertainment. I could have got a boom box or I could have just put some music through the loudspeaker. But hey, look at that string quartet over there. Wouldn't it be nice to have a string quartet that actually was playing in the corner while you're eating your meal, you know? Nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. How hard is it to get a string quartet? Pick up your, your Google, string quartet, hire, Florence, 20 pages. All right, so I now know that's not hard because I've got 20 pages of people that I could pick, you know? Picking a good one, hey, that's harder, but I now know that there's no limit to it. You know, hell, I could walk across and speak to those people. Right. Um, and then I thought, yeah, okay, so I know I could get that. But how could I stupefy that? You know, how could I make this ridiculous? You know, could I fit, could I fit the Florence, the Fiorenza Orchestra in the academia? That, no, I couldn't put a 200-person orchestra in there just because of size, limitations right, right. of size. That's not possible. I could take a chunk of them, mm -hmm. but then... I've got that listed on my Google search. You know, that a lot of these string quartets play for a lot of the operas and orchestras. Right, so I've got, a, I've got a good, credible source for that, but that's not stupid enough, you know? <laughs> so then I went, all right, fine. All right. Who is the most iconic entertainer in Italy? Well, there you, you go. Know? There you go. And that's where that's I thinking. went. That's the thinking. Pause yeah. just, just for a second, because it's so important. This is why I love talking to you. Because, because these are these are the things, man, that people are telling. Oh, my Italian! All of a sudden, we're an Italian story. So it's like the, the things that people are taking away. Mangia. So it's like that thinking behind this. Yep. Right. So even the arising of the question, who is the most famous singer here, around anywhere in, in Italy, in this in country, Italy. in this yeah. country of Italy. Yep. The thinking, this is what I want everybody to take away from this, is to have that become your thinking again. I really believe, when I say again, my belief is that this is the way we operate until we're educated about our limitations. Like when we're kids, we trust fantasy. We, we don't, right? We don't inhibit ourselves with, with thinking crazy, stupid. So, so the question arises, who's the most famous singer? And if you haven't guessed it yet, folks, I think we might have already said. Oh, you did say it. You said it. We earlier. did. We did. We gave it away. Yeah, we, we spoiled it a little bit. All right. So but it anyway. was a Google search. Now, here's the funny thing. You know, anyone that does any research on me, anyone that's been watching this for longer than five seconds, they know I'm not the most cultural person in the planet. I just get shit done. You know, and so again, I picked up my trusty little phone, and I googled Italian entertainers. You know. Now here's the thing. I didn't even care if they were a singer. They could have been like a violinist. They could have been a rock singer. They could have been um, anything. They could have been a boy band. In fact, a boy band, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the boy band, but there was a boy band that popped up of three young lads that sing opera in like pop style. Oh, and wow. they that's cool. Up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I wasn't... I didn't have any preconceived notions. Again, it's that ignorance. Don't outsmart yourself. Mm. You know, that's a great... keep it simple. So I relied on my phone to tell me who. 
And of course, one of the, the most famous Italian uh, entertainers uh, that popped up was Pavarotti. He's dead. But, you know, it, it, they, they named him. Which you're going to pull that off somehow, someday. Yeah, yeah, why not? And then it just channeled me down to the most iconic uh, maestro of Italian music was Andrea Bocelli. So I now knew who was the top of the pecking order. You know, I, ne- I now knew who was the top of the tree. Okay. So then you turn around and you go, well, okay, where are they? And that's when it all started to come together. Because when I did a search on where is Andrea Bocelli, <laughs> Tuscany. All right. He's in my neighborhood. You know, I'm surprised he's not having an espresso with me now. So now I had vicinity and I had credibility. The one thing I needed to find out was, is he touring? Because that would have taken, just like the orchestra, that would have made it not possible because he wasn't here. Okay? So I looked up Andrea Bocelli tour dates. And there were no tour dates, you know, for a good five months over this period. Mm. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's on holiday with his family or something. Maybe there's another reason, but it's not the tour schedule that would get in the way. So I know I knew I had you know the person I wanted. I knew I had the location. There was one thing I needed to be able to pull this off. Can you guess what that was? How to reach him? No, you know that. No, that's just a that's schematics. That's just you know who do you know that knows someone that knows someone. That's you. you can oh yeah, that. I know. I got it. I got it. a reason a why a pain point. His pain point. Why he would go fuck yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I needed the reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew my reasons. Okay. I now had done a bit of digging. So I now I, I knew I got a couple of things. Because if he said to me, no, sorry, I'm on tour. I'd be like, screw you on tour. You know, I haven't seen you on tour. That's just an excuse. So I got rid of it. But I needed to find out a reason for him to say, hell yeah. So what do you do? You research. Research. What is he involved in? You know, I love the, the, the way you answered everybody listening and watching. I said the wrong answer, right? Like how to get in touch with him. I love the way you're responding. Like, dude, that's schematic. Come on, man. Like, no, that's so simple. Right, right, right. So no, so, so like your, autom- your thinking is so deep into this, which is like limitlessness. That was like how to reach him. But I was thinking of that as like maybe an obstacle. You're like, come on. No, it's way, so that's, there aren't any obstacles. So what, what we need to find is data and information on how to have him say yes, which is find his pain point. Okay, so how'd you do that? Picked up my phone <laughs> and just just Googled uh, Andrea Bocelli, okay? And of course, I went through a lot. It was all about his latest album. It was all, it was about his concert schedule. It was about... You know, all these different things. And then it started getting down to his charities. Mm, here we go. All right. So I'm like, okay, people don't do charities for pleasure because operating a charity is a pain in the ass. Mm. They operate charities for passion. Okay. There's a point to it. Maybe it was a member of that family that suffered from this. Maybe it was a, a cause that's dear and near to their heart, but it's passion that fuels the, the need to start a charity and then the fuel to actually get it going, that's dollar signs, okay? So once I found out there was a charity and it was the um, 
the uh, the Cancer and the AIDS Foundation for Andrea Bocelli, then I was able to find out, okay, the detail, how do you get in front of him? I know people. So I went through the people that I knew that get me the introduction. They got me the introduction. Starts with the conversation. Hey, before we get into why I reached out to you, I was very proud to see the foundations that you stood behind. And I wanted to know, would a sizable donation uh, during this phone call be of interest to you? Okay. It's such a good question. Yeah. yeah. Would that be a sizable donation be of interest? Yeah. To you? I noticed that you're in Tuscany, believe it or not, while I'm, uh, while I'm talking to you here as, as, a, as a Brit, I'm in Tuscany. In fact, I'm in Florence and I am having a dinner party for six very affluent people on this Wednesday night at this location. And this is, this is a clever thing to do. Okay. So knowing how that you like to dissect things, this is how you get. If you say, how much would it cost you, uh, cost me to have you come over and perform? What am I doing there? Asking for a get. Break it down. I know, I know how your head works. So I'm playing your game now. Break <laughs> it down even further. What have I just created if they say yes to the price? If I say how much will it cost and they go it'll cost X and they go great, what have I just completed? A transaction. Welcome to the show. That doesn't work, does it? A transaction is a cold commitment. Okay. What I did was said, look, I want to tell you what I'm creating. I'm trying to create an experience that will be talked about for years. I want someone yeah. to wake up at two o'clock in the morning in 10 years time and go, I can't believe this happened. I want you, you're going to love this bit. I want you to be part of that story. Yeah. Right, right, right. Now I'm not doing a transaction. I'm creating a memory. I'm creating. Yeah, here's the win, win, win. I've already told you you're going to get paid. Right. But now I want you to be part of this story. I want to be talking about you. Right. For the rest of my life. Well, here we are. Okay. This is what I want to do. Is that the kind of emotion and experience and story would, do, would compel you to leave your home, which I believe is what, 40 minutes outside of Florence? That is correct. So you're leaving your home. I can have you back early enough for an early evening dinner, a late evening dinner, you know? And not only would you be part of this memory, can I ask, have you ever performed at the feet of Michelangelo? <laughs> By the way. <laughs> and he's like, no, I never have. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. So wouldn't this be a great story? So yeah. I'm getting them, I'm getting them bought into the story. It's like when you want to sell a sports car, sir, sit in that sports car. How does that seat feel? How is that still? Get them engaged in the emotion of ownership or participation. And they get the details out of the way. Yeah, so that's what I did. Now that I knew what his pain point was, yes. now I already committed to a donation. Now I was getting that commitment to be part of the story. The rest of it was just detail. Beautiful. And it was a miraculous experience, of course. And they didn't even know. The part you didn't tell is that you didn't tell your client that that was going to happen. Correct. I told them that um, I had a concern with the museum being very quiet and I wanted to get some entertainment in there so that it would cover the knives and forks and the chit chat and just to create the ambience. So I wanted to get this. 
get a local entertainer to come in and help us with that. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. And you and walked- that was it. And then I, I walked in arm and arm with Andrea Bocelli. Well, hey, I told you he's a local entertainer. All right. I know that we're pressing. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so the takeaway here is the thinking, right? The thinking behind the creation, right? Creating what others or most would consider to be impossible and operating like, stu- what did you say? Is it stupefying? It was the word like, just make I it. Stupefy. I, I want someone to laugh at my goals. If my yes. goals aren't high enough that you're not going to laugh at them, then I haven't gone high enough. Yeah, so, what do you say when you hear somebody say the sentence, set achievable goals? Oh, how, can, how do you know it's achievable? <laughs> well, now let me reverse this. Your achievable goals are based on your experiences. How can you experience great when you go for what's reachable? Mm-hmm. Amen. Brilliant, brilliant. That's a perfect way to wrap. Now, once again, and I kind of suspected this, I didn't get to the thing. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going for. There you go, baby. I didn't even find your pain point. You just agreed to it, man. So I enjoyed the conversations. If you were dull and boring, I'll be like, hey, thanks a lot. See you never. Take it easy. You know? That's your problem, right? Take it easy. Well, I appreciate that. So, all right, part three, uh, we, I, we, we will get to, we will elaborate, unpack what you said, which is, oh, and by the way, none of this stuff is hard. That is, I've already highlighted it here in my notes. That is our conversation because that's huge, right? It is, is to not, because how many times you hear, oh, it's so hard. I love that, but God, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. That seems so hard. So we got we to gotta eliminate that. Yep. Yep. I've got to. This is a masterpiece, okay? Steve's book, Blue Fishing. All right. Uh, get it. I'm telling you, get it. I mean, I've read it twice. This is. Uh, this is gold, baby. Blue fishing. All right. And I'll put all that in the notes in the show notes. Where do you want people to find you? <laughs> I, oh, they know where. Uh, I, I got all the links and yeah, stuff. Steve, people that are listening yeah, to the podcast find me. So, so, yeah, it's so easy to find you. Get, I'm easy. Pick up your damn phone and put in Steve <laughs> Sims. It ain't that hard. Steve, it ain't good. You are the man, brother. Thank you again for gracing us, my, uh, my tough tie. Tough Talks Tribe with your joy, you know, your humor, your incredible storytelling, but most importantly, your abundant thinking. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> right? God, I love that dude. You know, we didn't mention it, but, you know, he just had an appendectomy, and he ain't feeling too good, and he made time for us. So bless his soul. Thank you, Brother Steve Sims. I'm not kidding. This book is so great. Yeah, just get it. I mean, it's it's good for so many reasons in the stories. There's so many incredible stories. The book is like, <clears throat> you know, it's like it's like I do this nine dots exercise where you got to like break out out of like limiting thinking, and that's what this book is. This book is like it's like a it's a chain cutter for the chains that have shrunk in our imaginations, right? And that's what he is. That's interesting. I'm gonna call him a chain cutter. <laughs> so, uh, and we're gonna have a part three where I promise. I'll stay focused enough or prioritize this because, I mean, he brought it up again and he just throws this shit out casually, right? He's like, oh, by the way, none of this stuff is hard. He just throws that in there and we have to capture that and go, hold on. Really? And that's what we're going to unpack in part three. (laughs) Love it. 
All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you love him as much as I do. And until next time, create miracles.